0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at Fox, and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you
1: did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.
0: I'm
2: Shannon Bream. I'm Tom Shalhoub. I'm Maria Bartiromo. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. Will a weekend of terror and horror on one of the Jewish calendar's happiest holidays turn into a longer fight? Israelis say their world is forever changed. As millions around the world approve of or even celebrate Hamas, many American Jews are in disbelief.
3: The people who committed these crimes, these massacres, these slaughters, shooting teenagers in the back while they ran away. This is evil.
4: I'm Dave Anthony. In Israel's war with Hamas militants in Gaza, will they need direct help from the U.S. military?
5: Israelis have never asked us to enter into a fight to assist them. In other words, with ground troops or with air power or sea power. Never. From 1948 to the present. However, the circumstances change. It is possible...
1: And I'm Tommy Lahren. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown.
2: Israelis are still in shock after Hamas terrorists infiltrated the south of the country Saturday morning on Shabbat, but it was also a holiday. They murdered young people at a music festival, 260 bodies were found there alone. It is where 25-year-old Noah Argamani was taken hostage, dragged away on a motorcycle as she cries out for her boyfriend who was also taken hostage with his hands tied behind his back. Hamas pulled Israelis out of their cars, murdered them in the streets, went into homes in the south and held some families hostage while killing others. There are videos of mothers holding onto their children as they are pulled away, elderly women driven away, surrounded by gunmen. And all the while, the rockets continued to fire as sirens warned Israelis across the country to seek shelter.
1: There were rumors flying around about whether there were terrorists that had left the south and were coming to the north or coming to the center to carry out attacks. Rumors of Israeli army uniforms being stolen by terrorists so they could show up at people's doors. We were told to not let anybody in unless we knew for sure who it was. Susie
2: Balmol, who lives in Tel Aviv, could hear some of what was happening in Gaza despite the distance.
1: We all kind of woke up to this new reality um and in my opinion that's really what it is it feels like it's a completely new reality here today
2: aharoni neubauer south of jerusalem and Gush Etzian, agreed with susie life will never be the same after october 7th 2023
3: from this morning from forever it will be different different israel different army different everything is going to be different it cannot stay what it was.
2: As the violence unfolded, the statements poured in Michigan Democratic Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib said she grieved Palestinian and Israeli lives, but called for dismantling what she called an apartheid system that leads to resistance. Across social media platforms, posts celebrating the actions of Hamas have tens of thousands of likes as comments reveal support for killing Jewish people.
3: I am exhausted. I've been up You know, for two and a half days, I am saddened. The loss of life is really unimaginable.
2: Jonathan Greenblatt is the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League.
3: One of my friends lost six members of his family. Mothers, fathers, their sons and daughters were liquidated in something that I would liken to, the Nazi massacre of the Warsaw Ghetto. I have staff people who cannot find their families. Wow. We don't even know the extent of the horror, which I'm sure we will learn. I mean, these last few days have been brutal for me as an observer. They have been unspeakable for the families in Israel. And yet I fear the hardest days are yet to come. As the Hamas, this barbaric terrorist entity that we should liken to its cousins at Al Qaeda and ISIS and the Taliban, I think we will see the videos of children and the elderly and the disabled in their torture chambers. You know, with guns to their heads and knives to their throat behind the green flag of Hamas and the black flag of jihad, and that's what they will do. And so I worry deeply, deeply, deeply about the trauma that will be inflicted on these families in the days and weeks to come.
2: What do you want, Jonathan, for people to know who didn't do what you and I did, who didn't watch the videos of the people being hauled away, babies, mothers, girls with blood streaming down their legs, um, which obviously we know what that means, uh, videos of sobbing seven-year-old boys in their homes being held hostage, um, you know, while the 13-year-old girl says that my sister's been murdered in the next room. Uh, For those who haven't seen all of this, um, what would you tell them?
3: Um, That's a good question. I would say a few things. Number one, I am afraid this is an Emmett Till moment. Probably know Emmett Till, the young boy who was lynched and beaten beyond recognition. And when it came time for his funeral, his mother insisted on an open casket. So the world would see what racism did to him. This is an Emmett Till moment for the world. I think those videos that you described, and they are so grotesque, they will empty your soul. And yet, we all need to watch these. We all need to see the video of the child, maybe 15 months old, being mocked by a man saying, where are your parents? An Israeli child whose parents likely were killed And the child was snatched and seized and is now somewhere in the depths of Gaza Everyone needs to see this footage to understand This is not some abstraction not some intellectual argument about the occupation about um, I don't know. This was a natural cycle of no, this was depravity And so I want everyone number one to watch those videos. I want number two everyone to know that, again, this was not some predetermined occurrence. I have heard the apologists, I should call them the accomplices for these criminals on the airwaves, saying, well, this was a natural response. We have been warning about an outburst. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There is no world in which Battering and raping women is a, quote, natural occurrence. There is no moral universe in which bludgeoning the elderly to death should be considered a reasonable response to some political stalemate. And then number three, I want the media, and this is not an issue for Fox, but I want your competitors your fellow travelers in the press on the op-ed pages on the airwaves in the television studios to stop dignifying these savages as quote freedom fighters or militants this is not a topic where we need both sides this is not even right and wrong this is evil Rare in our lives do we see evil on display like this. The people who committed these crimes, these massacres, these slaughters, shooting teenagers in the back while they ran away. This is evil, and I want the world to understand that so that when Israel responds, and they will, it is not characterized as some retaliation. It it is not...
2: They'll be accused of disproportionate force.
3: There is no disproportionate force possible against an implacable enemy who wants to kill you. Because Hamas and its handlers in Iran, their goal is not a two-state solution. Their goal is not a prosperous Gaza. Their goal is not nationhood for the Palestinian people. Their goal is the murder of Jews. And I say this not as some abstraction, but I read Khamenei's tweets, which are still up on Twitter as we speak, calling Israel a cancer to be destroyed. In Iran, there were people cheering and whooping with delight, and then closer to home in New York City. And you had hundreds of people gathered wearing keffias, many hiding their faces. With signs and with banners, well,
2: that what do you, Jonathan, a level what are you of barbarity. Jonathan, what do you do with that though? Then then if tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people agree with what happened and want to celebrate it, and tens of thousands of people like the tweet that says, you know, that they're happy that Jews have been murdered in this way, what do you do from there?
3: It's not that long ago in the streets of Germany. Austria, Poland, Ukraine, when people celebrated and hooped and hollered as Jews were carted off to their extermination. They mocked them in the streets. They stole from their stores. They robbed from their homes with impunity. And only when we saw the extent of the Nazi death machine and when the allies spent years detoxifying and deprogramming populations who had been conditioned to hate. Only then did we begin to break the thaw and to weaken the spell of anti-Semitism and Nazism. We need a similar process here. It will take time, but there are those who hooped and hollered this weekend and today, on the streets of London and New York and other major cities, and they will be remembered like the Hitler Youth. And we need people of good faith to not be daunted or intimidated by their sickness and their evil, but to call it out for what it is and to reject it whole cloth.
2: Jonathan, briefly before I let you go, you told MSNBC hosts on Monday that you love their programming. Um, Many Jewish people, do. Many Jewish voters are to the left. And you um, you really tried to educate them about their language and where they stand as they present this information. I guess you feel passionate, and that's why you did it.
3: Um, well, I think that's a fair question. But this is not because I feel passionate, but I believe in facts and truth. And look, there are a lot of good people at MSNBC. There are a lot of great reporters. There are a ton of really smart, thoughtful anchors who don't believe this poison. But when the people are preparing scripts, and by the way, it's not just MSNBC. I saw it happen in CNN, too. I called this out yesterday on the show. When you talk about Hamas making, quote, spectacular gains, when they talk about um You know framing their people as quote fighters even describing what happened over the weekend as quote attacks these were massacres these are barbarians and hamas is not some political movement it is savagery plain and simple so yes i called it out and i will continue to call it out because if we ever hope to beat back the forces of evil and if we ever hope to resolve this conflict, we need to be honest. Honest with the world and honest with ourselves about what's happening here. If we continue to like allow these blinders of ideology and this frame of dishonesty to prevail, this conflict will never end.
2: Jonathan Greenblatt, CEO of the Anti-Defamation League, thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you.
6: That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services.
1: This is Tommy Laren with your Fox News commentary coming up.
4: This war between Israel and Palestinian militants in Gaza is only days old, but already...
3: Every single person today in Israel knows someone, a friend or family... Or, or, or a person that he knows that has been killed, injured, or kidnapped Um, by the Hamas terrorist organization.
4: Ron Levin is a former Israeli soldier who tells Fox his ex-commanders among the dead as Israel fights back. All the options are on the table. Uh, Our main priority at the moment is to stop the attacks. That's Israeli Defense Forces spokesman Ben Walhouse as they put Gaza under siege, cutting off food and fuel and electricity before ground forces moving in. Israel's Strategic Affairs Minister Ron Dermer tells Fox... Saturday's terror attack from Gaza was 9-11 times 10.
2: Hamas, I think, has made a terrible miscalculation.
5: I think they believe that we were not going to respond as forcefully as we will. So
4: what will
5: Israel do? They're talking about once and for all destroying Hamas period.
4: General Jack Keane is a retired four-star general, chairman of the Institute for the Study of War, and Fox News senior strategic analyst.
5: In there is another terrorist organization that's smaller called the Islamic Jihad. Um, To do that, two things I think they have to think through strategically. One, they need to destroy Hamas as a political entity because Hamas governs the Gaza Strip, elected by the people, but then they also want to destroy Hamas as a military and terrorist organization. They've never had that as an objective before. If that indeed is their objective, then they're going to have to be much more systematic about going through Gaza to destroy an enemy, some of which will fight them, some of which will hide from them, because they want to live for another day. This is the nature of terrorists to begin with. They conduct surprise unexpected attacks and then they hide
4: well general we have another issue here we have these hostages these is israelis and some americans it's believed that could be used as human shields that makes this even tougher for israel correct
5: oh there's no doubt about it i think what they're doing now is uh, certainly we know there's Americans that are being held hostage. So we have a right to go get our people ourselves. This is a friendly country, so that that wouldn't be hard to do, in terms of uh, hostage rescue forces. And the Israelis have very sophisticated hostage rescue forces as well, and likely you know the, we have turned on all of our intel systems, as well as the Israelis and others in the region, to see if we can pick up you know where the hostages are, and if a rescue operation is even possible or has the potential you know, for success. I mean, obviously killing some people and taking hostages as well, because they want to negotiate. They want to use them for leverage in, in negotiations, and they'll want something for it. I've been told that they may have already started with some behind-the-scenes negotiations with a third party. I haven't been able to confirm it. But it is likely at some point that is going to happen. But you're absolutely right. Any military operation to take control of uh, Gaza is going to be severely complicated by the fact that the hostages are there. And and I think uh, Hamas, the secondary reason for taking the hostages is that protection itself to thwart the Israelis and discourage them from going into Gaza to clean them out, clean Hamas and the Islamic Jihad out.
4: You talk about America getting involved. We have aircraft carrier strike group that's getting closer, right, being moved closer. What else do you think the U.S. could or might or will do?
5: Well, first of all, Israel is our number one recipient of aid from the United States, $3 billion a year. We also have prepositioned stock of ammunition and weapons in Israel for their use. Uh, we have this pre-positioned stock in, in Europe, in the Middle East, in Diego da- Garcia, out in the Pacific. It's for our use. This is for their use. It's the only country we've ever done that with. But they've also asked, Dave, um, they want more air defense uh, interceptors, uh, obviously to replace the ones that uh, they're using on a regular basis. They want more bombs and offensive missiles for their fighter aircraft. And they will likely add for some other things. We we will give them, if we have it, we will give it to them. Israelis have never asked us to enter into a fight to assist them. In other words, with ground troops or with air power or sea power, never. From 1948 to the present. However, if the circumstances change, it is possible. So what would be a scenario where they would want that kind of support? Well, let's assume that Hezbollah, in Lebanon begins to conduct rocket and missile attack throughout Israel. And they have 130,000 plus rockets and missiles, much more lethal, longer range and precise than what Hamas has. All of what they have has been shipped to them from Iran over the years, and they keep updating this arsenal. If they overwhelm, Israel's three air defense systems, and uh, Arrow, David Sling, and Iron Dome, and the Israelis ask for U.S. assistance, that they cannot repress and suppress those fires with their fighter jets and attack helicopters by themselves, I don't see how a United States president would say no to that request.
4: What if the U.S. does get involved in a war supporting Israel directly with our own forces. What would that do? What would Iran do? What would Syria do? What would other countries in the region that are not friendly to us do?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Iran likely would, would pressure their proxies to attack uh, U.S. forces in Iraq and U.S. forces uh, in Syria. Uh, Iran may conduct uh, a direct attack themselves. Uh, into Israel, although I don't think they could do that, but it certainly would be on the escalation ladder in terms of options that are available to him. Now, I don't—I'm just surmising something here, in worst case in a scenario, that the Israelis are taking such casualties in their cities uh, if Hezbollah gets into it and their air defense systems are overwhelmed, that they need some help. I mean, I don't see Israel sitting there and losing hundreds of people on a systematic basis, and not asking the United States to help them. But it would only be done in an emergency crisis basis uh, to ask for that kind of help. Dave, you're absolutely right. It runs the risk of, of expansion. There's no doubt about it.
4: I want to bring up something else you mentioned, and that is our intel. You said working on getting information on hostages and trying to locate them in Gaza. There are questions about our intelligence and Israel's intelligence because of reports that Iran may have helped Hamas militants plan this surprise attack from Saturday and that the planning might date back to August. The question being, why did our intelligence not bring any of the get any of that information?
5: Yeah, I'm not going to be too hard on our on our intel about all of this. Uh, I, I am. I mean, the Israelis saturate this area and they have significant informants inside of Gaza, in the West Bank as well. I mean, it, this has been their mantra, you know, for years. They have people that speak the language, understand the culture, et cetera, et cetera. And they're very, very good at it. Plus, they have a significant eavesdropping capability on, you know, conversations, et cetera. Right. So why and was it such a it,
4: surprise then? That's what I I'm guess people are to by
5: it. I don't think they know. Yet, but they'll do an autopsy to figure it out. They have to. I mean, my God, they gotta, they got to make certain they can fix it. I mean, our audience can understand this is common sense. To fire over 3,000 rockets and missiles in a, like a six- or seven-hour period uh, requires a huge physical movement of missiles and launchers, uh, all of that visible from aerial platforms, satellites, etc., not to speak of the communication that's being done to execute something like that and then to conduct a a ground assault uh, as well as an air uh, using hang gliders and a sea assault and coordinate all of that so it's somewhat simultaneous and assign objectives to each of those organizations doing that some 22 different sites that requires planning Preparation, some rehearsal, I think, and also a huge amount of communication to pull something like that off. And they didn't pick up on any of that. That is just stunning.
4: All right, General, you talk about the possibility, an emergency basis where the U.S. gets more involved. You talked about it where you're already providing munitions and these kinds of things. If this is escalated to that degree, what does it mean for U.S. support for Ukraine?
5: My own judgment on this is is that the support we have in the theater right now, this is U.S. support. Uh, if we have to use fighter aircraft, offensive missiles to target, um, you know, Hezbollah, launch sites, uh, storage facilities, et cetera, that kind of munition we are not providing to Ukraine. We They don't have the F-16s yet. So that's not something we're giving them.
4: We've seen these kinds of conflicts before between Israelis and Palestinians. It was a war 50 years ago. How long do you think this conflict could last?
5: If they are really serious about taking down the Hamas network, that takes time. That takes patience. That takes working with the civilian population a little bit. That takes uh, like something we did in Baghdad in 2007 when we had the al-Qaeda infested inside Baghdad with the Sunni-based insurgency. We had to go into every single one of those neighborhoods and put our troops in there and work with the people and and work against the bad guys who were in those neighborhoods. That all takes time. They would be in there for months if they're going to go about it systematically like that.
4: General Jack Keene, retired four-star general, chairman of the Institute for the Study of War, and a Fox News senior strategic analyst. Great to get your insight. Thanks so much.
5: Yeah, great talking to you, Dave, you and your audience. Thank you.
0: Gianna Gelosi with your Fox True Crime Minute. The arrest of a suspected ransom kidnapper in upstate New York has refocused attention on a pair of unsolved slayings in the same area in Saratoga County. 19-year-old Christina White and 18-year-old Jennifer Moonbeam Hammond disappeared two years apart and were found dumped in rural Greenfield, New York. White vanished in June of 2005. Her remains found a year later. Hammond last seen in August of 2003. Her skull found six years later. In 2017, police told local media they believe the cases may be linked and both have received renewed attention after the nearby abduction of a nine-year-old girl named Charlotte Senna. Craig Nelson Ross Jr., the man accused of kidnapping Charlotte off her bike, has spent decades living in and around these parks. Police rescued the little girl from a camper parked in his mother's property. The Saratoga Sheriff's Office say they're going to look into Ross's possible connection to any outstanding cases as a routine step. There's more on the story at foxnews.com. Subscribe to the Fox True Crime Podcast with Emily Campagno. I'm Gianna Jolosi with your Fox True Crime Minute.
7: Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. It's time for your Fox News commentary.
3: Tommy
1: Lahren.
4: What's on your mind?
1: Let's take it to the heartland of DeSoto, Kansas, where Panasonic is building a 4 million square foot electric vehicle battery factory. In order to meet the energy demands of this giant factory, this plant has to rely on coal power. Yes, coal. After flack from environmental groups about coal being racist against Black and Latinx communities, Evergy, the utility company that powers the EV battery plant, vowed to transition to natural gas by the end of the year, but that isn't going to happen, and coal power will be utilized until at least 2028. Part of Evergy's plan to pay for all of this, this giant energy-sucking plant, is to raise rates for its residential customers. That's the big green agenda in a nutshell, folks. Green energy takes dirty energy to power the green energy because green energy is unreliable and ineffective, and then we subsidize it and take rate increases to pay for it all. Wow, that's a Green New Deal. I'm Tommy Laren and you can watch my show, Tommy Laren is Fearless, at outkick.com.
7: Kudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Kudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.